Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, a curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Robin Barr. Uh, hi. <laughs> Could, couldn't come up with a bit, could you? I was, I, like, a bazow, cowabunga, I don't know. God, good, Ooh, that's a, good that's a Lord. Okay. teenage. <laughs> uh, all right, Bill Graham. <laughs> The Batman. Yeah, let's see you do better, dude. <laughs> you got me off my game. <laughs> there we go. Now, whoa! What the fuck, Brian? You actually got into it? I, I had to. You guys are failing so hard. I almost want to restart <laughs> the whole podcast, but instead I'll just say I am the podcast host. Anyway, uh, with us today to talk about the Batman on the podcast is Brian Telrico. Hey everybody! Woo. Yeah, that's see, that's reasonable. Just saying, Batman woo. Batman woo. It's been another few years. Another Batman movie. Like, hey. like presidential elections nowadays. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, no, what's what, now? People really go out talking about you know every four years Batman. What you really got to pay attention to is the midterm and your local Batmans. Yeah, all right, that's, that's where true. the real change happens. That's right. <laughs> Grassroots superheroes. Oh, God damn it. Anyway, we are here, in fact, today <laughs> to talk about The Batman, a, a movie that I've realized I cannot say the title to seriously. Like, I just right. keep, I keep, I have to, like, put a spin on it because I don't want people to think I'm the man who would say The Batman. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I realized it because right after I saw the movie, I hopped on a phone call with with a girl I'm talking to. Shut up, everyone, shut up. Whoa. Shut up, Robin. And I, I just, just saw a movie early. <laughs> and I and I said, I, you know, she's like, what movie did you see? I was like, I saw The Batman. <laughs> and I was like, I, there's no way I can't just say I saw The Batman. It's just the weirdest thing anyway. So that's uh, my full review is I cannot say the title. <laughs> and so I couldn't go and ask for a ticket. And so I didn't see it. I call um, it The Batman. The Batman? The Batman. The Batman. Um. Anyway, uh, Brian, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners at home so they know who you are and what you're coming from? Sure. I'm the editor of BrowserEbert.com and the president of the Chicago Film Critics Association. I can also be found random in other places, most often at Vulture and The Playlist, sometimes at Rolling Stone and The New York Times, and recently in GQ. Oh, oh nice. GQ. Gentlemen's you fancy. And um, uh, in May of 2020, you could be heard right here on the Film Stage Show uh, on a classic episode talking about California Split. Which left Prime Video for like a year and recently came back, FYI, to listeners. Yeah. So go check that shit out. Uh, If you haven't seen it already and if you haven't heard our podcast, you can do both of those things now. (sighs) Anyway. Good to be back. Uh, it's been a longer than normal absence between episodes because of technical difficulties and scheduling conflicts, but we are here. We're going to talk about The Batman, the newest film from director Matt Reeves. 
Before we do that, the usual stuff, follow us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, The Film Stage Show. You can email us, podcastfilmstage.com. And of course, uh, you can give us a comment rating on iTunes. And uh, you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash The Film Stage Show. Also, don't forget that we are brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service that showcases exceptional films around the globe every day. Mubi premieres a brand new film, whether it's a timeless classic, a cult favorite, or an acclaimed masterpiece. It's guaranteed to be either a movie you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before, and there will always be something new to discover. With Mubi, each and every film is hand-selected, so you'll never spend more time looking for something great to watch. Instead, you'll actually be watching something great. It's like your own personal film festival, streaming anytime, anywhere. Uh, one of the films that they have on Mubi right now, actually, speaking of older uh, podcast episodes of ours, is Wrong. French director Quentin Dupieux, who also did Rubber. <laughs> what the hell, Robin? <laughs> what? Dupieux. Oh, boy. Anyway, Quentin may have uh, had his brain in backwards. How else to explain such bracing, fresh absurdism? Wrong, which premiered at Sundance 2012 and split critics down the middle, is a bonkers dark comedy of American West with strains of Kafka and Buñuel. And this was, in fact, an episode of the Film Stage Show, way back at episode 42, where we talked about it alongside House of Cards on Netflix. That episode is from February 4th of 2013. Um, yes. All right. So, yeah. So that's uh, Mubi. M-U-B-I dot com slash Film Stage for a free 30-day trial of Mubi. We begin with our spoiler-free section, of course, and we will start with our guest. So, uh, other Brian, what are your basic spoiler-free thoughts on The Batman? I like it. Uh, there you go. I like Matt Reeves' work in general. I think what he did with the Apes movies was really impressive. Uh, I like both of those films a great deal. I think um, I did an interview with him on the site. I don't know if anybody's read it, but you can go check it out at rogerebert.com. And what I really wanted to get into there was something I like about the Batman that I don't feel like other superheroes do that much, which is a tactile nature to it. Um, when I think of this movie, I think of like, of course, rain, which is everywhere, which yeah. yes, is kind of like a Fincher seven thing, but it's also something he does in apes, which is when I think of snow and forests and he likes to really ground his stuff in the natural world, which to me, I miss so much because Marvel does the exact opposite of that. I mean, I don't want to rip too much on Marvel, but I asked Matt, I was like, when I see a Marvel movie and the buildings fall down at the end, I know nobody's in those buildings. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas here, there's at least like a sense of a population in Gotham, especially in like those final scenes of, oh, sorry, we're not going to go there. We can save that for later. <laughs> um, but there's like a grounded nature to it that I really admire. I think I think he does some really interesting stuff in terms of, like I said, tactile. I think of dirt and grime and water and fire. And, and that's not common in a CGI heavy subgenre of superhero movies. Mm -hmm. I also think the performances are really good. Yes, I guess if I have a flaw, I think the script is a stuff we've seen before. But I will have to save this for the spoiler part too. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I think it goes some interesting places there. I think Pattinson is really good. I think Zoe's even better. Uh, I think Dano goes all in in a way that's interesting and not like a super dorky Jared Leto interesting, but actually dark and interesting. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. I think in terms of superhero blockbusters, it 
does not only does what I think fans want, but then does some unique things that I think fans might not be expecting or fully realizing why it's doing them so well. Also, before I go, craft in this movie is top notch. I think Giacchino's score is one of his best. I think Frazier's cinematography is spot on, but I'm rambling. I'll, I'll pass the mic. All right. Mike, pass to Robin Barr. What are your thoughts on The Batman? I thought it was okay. Um, I agree with a lot of what Brian was sharing about the, like you said, the sensory nature of the movie. Um, I just kind of felt like I didn't, I had either seen these storylines before or I couldn't really grasp the mechanics of the storytelling. So for example, like an hour into the movie or even like a half an hour into the movie, I felt like, when does the story start? And then it took me a second to realize that it was, it was a detective movie. Um, And then I was like, uh, okay, like, I guess we're, you know, doing this now, you know, it turns into like Zodiac or something like that. Um, So that, that didn't interest me that much. And then the film, I guess because it's like Batman as an emerging adult, like it's not quite like YA origin story Batman, but it's like Batman at the start of his career, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, you're we're still at the early stages and less at the uh we're less at the stages of like what to me makes Batman or like the Batman franchise really interesting, which is its villains. So focusing on Gotham crime and crime syndicate. I just felt like I'd seen that so many times before. Um, And I'd seen it done better in other types of stories that, you know, under understanding the criminal underbelly of Gotham, you know, like I just didn't feel that compelled by it, even though like, even though the Riddler of course is a major part of the story, it, it feels secondary or his role is feels very secondary to the systemic problems of Gotham, if you will. And there's this part where Catwoman or Selena Kyle, you know, is trying to basically check Batman's privilege. And I was like, okay, like, I guess this is really the true theme of the film. But anyway, so I, I wasn't that into the, the storyline and you know, that was okay. But I, I was never bored and I did enjoy Robert Pattinson's goth emo semi-neurodivergent Batman. Um, that really worked for me. And I, I wish we had gotten actually like more grunge music from it. Like I, I think so, it could have used some needle drops or something to just even like <laughs> continue that mood. Squatty, you know, <laughs> just yeah, different I mean, movie. That. Need- <laughs> that is a different kind of movie. Yeah, it doesn't need to be like Craig Gillespie or whatever, but I, I think I wanted a little bit more of that moodiness. But I still will maintain that, you know, Tim Burton is the he is the standard by which I judge sure. Batman movies. Um sure. that's because what what has imprinted on me. And so I, I like the the cheese of that, I suppose. And obviously this was extremely grounded. It ex- it's extremely yes. Nolan-esque. Um but I wish it had go a, a tad more fun to it. No, I get that. It's dour. It's dark. It's depressing. Um, except for a few beats between Zoe and Robert that kind of liven it up. I wish it was allowed to be a little weirder. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. This yeah. this movie makes Christopher Nolan seem like the Farrelly brothers. Like this. That's, 
like people were like, oh man, Chris Nolan just like sapped all the fun out of like superhero movies and like took them as gritty as can be. And this movie came in and was like, no, he didn't. I'll do it. Um, so that's a preview of my thoughts on this. Uh, before we get to me, though, of course, Bill Graham, what are your thoughts on the Batman? So uh, I got some things written down. Um, cool. All right. Uh, I love the use of sound in this film. Uh, I think uh, whether it's the demonic sounds coming from the wild ass Batmobile uh, that seems possessed or uh, I love the thudding of Batman's boots on the ground as he approaches criminals and things like that. Um, the way that I can hear every snippet of dialogue as I'm supposed to. Um, or the haunting earworm of the score by Michael Giacchino. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that like this is going to be a theme that I'm like anytime I hear it again, I'm gonna be like, oh shit. Uh, okay. Uh, what else? Uh, I love the way the film is shot. Yeah, uh, Greg Frazier definitely brings his A game. Um, I thought the car chase in the middle of this film is just absolutely stunning. Um some of the most iconic shots of any comic book film I've seen. Um, it seemed like some of these shots were like ripped off the page. Um, there's one where, uh, someone is using a flare that I was just like, Holy shit. This is, this is a great sequence. Um, in a way it reminds me of everything that Snyder often would shoot for, but never quite achieve. Um, so yeah. Uh, what else? I'm going to be mad at you about that. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while the film is way too long, uh, I do think it holds together fairly well. Um, I realized around 90 minutes, thanks to my Apple watch that was buzzing when it was on fucking theater mode, which I got <laughs> to remember to, yeah, well, I guess it is. It's supposed oh, it's to buzz, but not like ch- exactly. Yeah. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to put this in sleep mode, I guess. But I was just like, what the fuck? And so, yeah, I realized 90 minutes into the film, I still had like over an hour to go. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck is going on in this movie? Um, but yeah, uh, I still really enjoyed it. And I would definitely see it again. Um I think what it does and how it sets up so many bad guys is pretty fucking remarkable. Um, There are a lot of names in this film that I did not realize were in this film. I'm not going to spoil them here. Um, But yeah, uh, I thought it was pretty remarkable. Um, I don't think it's reinventing the wheel in any way, uh, but I definitely think like it's sheer competence in was surprising to me uh i went into this film not thinking very much of it um i am not a very big um uh reeves fan uh i don't really enjoy the apes films i think they are they are very dour um which you know is a mood and is a thing that some people enjoy um and certainly like they look incredible. Um, but I just, I, I just never could get with it. Um, and those are also very rainy movies as well. Um, he's got, he's, he's into rain. Um, uh, what else do I want? Um, Oh, one thing that I was really surprised by and, you know, I'm sure 
I don't know if this is necessarily a spoiler, um, but it's definitely Batman heavy, much more than I was expecting. Totally. Uh, this is his film. Yeah, there is very little Bruce Wayne which, in this. Never mind. Uh, please oh. continue. <laughs> yeah, um, which I, I'm surprised by. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I actually enjoyed that aspect of it. Um yeah, and definitely Zoe Kravitz and uh, and uh, what's his face, uh, Robert, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Yeah, definitely have Paul a ton Dino. of chemistry. Yeah, Paul Dano. Uh, <laughs> definitely have a ton of chemistry. Uh, I thought it was, I thought just the way that Gotham looks and everything like that. Um, yeah. So that's when, when you said Batman heavy, I thought you were actually you kind of were, but I thought you were saying something else. That it's got a very tight POV. Like we don't wander off with Paul Dano to see how he's building and doing stuff. We kind of only yeah. know what Batman knows at any given moment, which I found. Well, interesting. I, I mean, that's kind of like the Dark Knight too, especially with the Joker. Uh, um, yeah, we yeah. we only get like one real cutaway scene with the Joker, right. and no, that's right. his yeah. like. You get him with the criminals in the restaurant, and then you get him. Yeah. Fucking burning the money and burning the money. Oh, so yeah, you're, okay. We're proving our own point. Yeah. Not I thought much. there was too much Batman. Like that I was thought, my maybe my biggest. Oh, the Batman. Just, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, then don't make a giant fucking latter half of this movie hinge on like the the Wayne legacy when we've gotten like three seconds of Bruce and oh, he wait, seems. You like, wanted more Wayne origin. We've seen the Wayne origin a thousand no, I times. I didn't want. I didn't want more Wayne origin. The movie demands that we see more Wayne origin because it decides oh, to turn. Wait, the Wayne we're getting into family. the spoiler half, aren't we? I'm we got to make a little warning why. here. I know. Oh. I'm gonna get, <laughs> being cool because I still got to say my thing. I don't even know if Bill's done his part. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, I was about to say it felt like it, but I don't want to make any assumptions. Oh boy. Anyway, uh, so I didn't dig this movie um i kind of found it to be incredibly uh overly serious like parodically serious the movie Mm -hmm. opens with a really spectacular scene that is completely like self-sabotaged by this bananas awful voiceover that continues through the rest of the movie and that kind of gives you an idea of how joyless all of this is going to be. Which again, people gave Nolan a bunch of shit when they were like, oh, he's like grit, uh, grounded. And this is like, no, people in those movies smiled. I think what we really need is for everyone to be the most dour, most unhappy version of themselves they can be. And this scene is is so good because it really kind of gives you an idea of the power of the concept of Batman. And then between the voiceover and then his plotting, literal plotting entry into the movie, it just like it immediately saps whatever potential I felt like within 10 minutes. I was just like, oh, this is not great. This is bad. Like, this is not what I want this to be. And the the crimes are like... It, you can definitely feel that this movie kind of wanted to be rated R and I'm not going to, I'm not going to dock at any points because it had to be PG 13, but it, it did feel like there was something missing. Like there was some juge, some extra spice missing from some of those scenes because they had to be cut down. And just like the, the, the crimes are not that interesting. The, the Riddler's totally. riddles are like stupid as fuck. 
And it's like, he, oh, here's this little cryptic. Right. And and then just like his overall plan is asinine and insane. And his connection, which we'll get into in spoilers, is like the weirdest, most non-connection that you could possibly have to something like this. And it just oh, felt God. like there was a lot of things wrong with the movie that really uh, enervated whatever base there would have been for what was right. And I think that the handling of Bruce Wayne is completely wrong. I mean, think about Robert Pattinson in Tenet or in uh, The Lost City of Zed. Like, you combine those two characters and you have, like, a pretty great Bruce Wayne in in the the, the version of, like, Batman the Animated Series or even Nolan's Batman. I was talking to a friend of mine and she had the same kind of thing. She's like... I can't believe they made Robert Pattinson so dour and joyless. Like Christian Bale got to fuck an entire ballet company. (laughs) And this guy says like four mean things to Alfred and goes to a funeral. Like this is like awful. It's just like a real for a three hour long movie. It's so lacking in fun or or like interest it's just really difficult to get my head around and I feel like I'm being very disjointed in my thoughts, but like, I just, I was really let down by this movie and I feel like most of what I end up saying that's going to be more sensible and more cohesive is going to be said in opposition to good things people are saying, which I feel bad about. But um, but yeah, I think that this movie's kind not not quite a failure, but definitely a misfire. So yeah, that's that's how I feel. And I it's I, it's uh, it's it's been very interesting because I've definitely I've been listening to a lot of podcasts on this film, and some people have definitely come out of this film and definitely been like okay, that wasn't my shit, but it's going to be somebody else's. Um, And so I definitely understand. Like, look, I love The Dark Knight. That's one of my favorite films, just point blank, right? Um, So I definitely enjoyed Nolan's uh, version, but I, I still think that this film has a lot of fun. I think there are some very humorous moments. Um, sure, it is kind of draped in some of this kind of uh, darkness and things like that. And yes, this film is very dour. Um, there is not a lot going on. But this is also year two of Batman being Batman. Like, you know, he doesn't have his shit together and certainly you know he hasn't had the effect on gotham that you kind of think you know he's supposed to like he even says that from the opening he's like this is this is year two like you know and every headline is like crime rates are through the roof everything is through the roof blah 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 you know and in this way i think it's kind of a push back against what the fuck are you even doing like you you think you're going to affect like make actual actual uh you know progress by just beating the shit out of people like that's not gonna work man here's the issue and and this will actually help us i think get into the the spoiler section where we need to be to talk about this movie in the way it needs to be talked about but this movie basically ends at the 30 minute point of batman begins like batman begins bruce wayne is like 
I need to be more than a man who beats the shit out of people. I need to be a symbol that the good people can rally around and that the criminals can fear. And this movie is just like, he doesn't even, he, he just calls himself vengeance the whole time. And it's like, I don't understand what he's avenging not to steal from another superhero movie, but like, is he just, it's, it would seem that he at that point is just admitting like, I'm pissed off. My parents are dead and I'm going to beat the shit out of people to make them pay. But if that's, that's the case, right. Then, but if that's the case, then he wouldn't be a detective. He wouldn't. He's be barely a detective. He wouldn't be. He's drawn into something because his name's on it. He, he. I can't fathom the idea of wanting another suave Batman story or another origin story to make it clearer why he's dressing up at night and going out and beating people up every night. This is a failed Batman. This is the Batman who, for the first two years, hasn't really been able to figure it out. He doesn't have time to go to Bruce Wayne parties. He has only has time for funerals and death and vengeance. And the idea of the film is, again, we're going to maybe get into spoiler sections, is to point out the failure of single-minded approaches, both his and the Riddler's, and how they're parallel. No, please. Yeah. I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, well, what about Selena Kyle? She breaks him out of it. She tries to break him out of it a little bit. I mean, I, I guess I just well, no, baffled. What I mean is, like, he it's not just a parallel story. Yeah, well, no, she's like, hey, we need to fucking murder this guy. And Batman is already like, no, I don't do that. But it's like, but what do you do then? Like, you just... He hasn't figured that out. It's about him figuring that out. And I understand... this. <laughs> yeah, and he's doing it poorly. And I understand the exhaustion of another origin story. But that's basically, that's what this is. This is another origin story. Uh, and the idea that Bruce isn't cool enough yet at this point kind of misses the whole point of the movie. He's, I don't think Bruce being cool enough is the thing. I think that it's just like, again... This is sociopath he's, Batman. He's Sociopath he's, Batman. But he's fucked up so hard that I feel like I need the origin to explain. Because like Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne, like is on a plane with Alfred coming back from the Ninja Dojo, and he's like, yeah, he's James Bond back. I've already got an idea. I've already got a business plan. Here's like a prospectus. This is what we've got to do. I've got it figured out. And that's because at some point in his development, Katie Holmes slapped the shit out of him and said. This is what's wrong with Gotham. There's crime. Right. It's more than just there's bad people with guns. There is a rot at the soul of this city. And he's like, okay, that's what I've got to fix. And I do that by bringing the world together around this symbol that I've created. And he doesn't know precisely how to do that. And it goes a little wrong because people think he kills Harvey Dent. But like, yes, that's I've seen the movie. Yeah, uh, but that's what he's supposed to do. And in this movie, he's like, what do you mean the mob is here? What? What do you mean that like, yeah, this is a very flawed hero. At this point, he's not even a hero. I don't think he's a flawed cr- creature of vengeance. And the idea, Matt Reeves undeniably leaned hard into what kind of person goes out and beats people up every single night, not really even understanding why they did it. And I find that way more interesting than another fanciful Bruce Wayne uh, fucking around, like you said, and doing whatever he wants and being famous. I just think this is a more interesting approach. So. I, I, I wish I agreed, but to me, it doesn't feel like he's flawed. It feels like he's an idiot. Like he, he feels like incompetent in a way. Okay. Like to me, the, and I'm just going to say, we're going to get into spoilers now. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. We need this, to the end of this movie <laughs> where he's like, um, Oh, I'm not a symbol of vengeance. What, whatever that, I don't know how, he without like telling people his backstory, he makes people think he's a symbol of vengeance because he's not avenging things. He's trying to prevent crime, which is not a vengeful thing. 
But then he's like, I'm not a symbol of vengeance. Maybe I'm a symbol of hope. And I'm like, oh, wow, we got there. Like, that's what we're doing now. Because you started acting like a firefighter instead of a crime fighter. Like, I don't I don't know. No, because the other symbol of vengeance led to mob justice, led to men on scaffoldings. The, the parallel is supposed to be two symbols of vengeance for what's happened to the city that basically kind of go down the same path until our hero realizes what he's become just as like that he's inspired some of the Riddler's cronies as much as the Riddler. And I am not I'm well, the, to have to spell out the obvious here, but I, I yeah. feel like that's the realization. The realization is that many of those men's up on that, on that scaffolding with guns aren't there without the Batman just as much as the Riddler. And I think yeah, that's and, an interesting and, and, realization. And, and that's, that's what a lot of the Batman films have kind of dealt with over time. You know, uh, that's what the whole, joker arc his origin and everything like that in the dark knight is like you know I, I think it's uh i think it's um damn it uh alfred that actually says it he's like you know you created this you you went down this path of of being this dark knight and all of a sudden the criminals raise their stakes Right. You, and you, and he yeah, they up the ante and they turn to a man that they didn't understand. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's what these films kind of are. And that's why this kind of world oftentimes revolves around the Joker and why the Joker can't be put away, can't be killed. Right. Because, you know, it's it's this kind of never ending cycle of, you know, I will put you back in bars and then you will escape and then I'll put you back in bars. And it's it's kind of an arms race, a nuclear arms race in terms of crime and everything like that, right? Because criminals are going to be criminals, and they're, you're not really going to deter them from that. Um, you may delay them, but you're not going to keep them from being criminals. And so that's that's kind of the issue. And, and then, many, sorry to interrupt, but many of the best comic books have pointed out the idea that that have played off the idea that Batman is closer to a criminal than a hero. And I think that's what that's trying to do here. Yeah. And, and that's, that's why this film is so interesting because, you know, this is one of the first times where we really, really get to see that interplay where Batman, like, he is hated by the cops and not just like hated by the cops because, you know, some of them are corrupt and well, a lot of them are corrupt. Right. And everything like that. But they're like, this fucking idiot keeps like creating more messes that I have to clean up. And he's showing up at my crime scenes now. Like what the fuck is going on? There's a great sequence where he's just like walking through and all the cops are like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? You know, I'm sure this is probably the, first time they've actually gotten a full physical look at this guy too and they're probably just like this is fucking crazy like this guy's fucking psycho you know and it and they play with that i love that they play with that where they're just like what a fucking nutso like who dresses like this and does this shit so brian i don't want to like put thoughts or words in your mouth but it seems to me that a lot of your issues come down to and i get this origin story exhaustion like this is just another origin story and like you said it's the first half hour batman begins i don't disagree with that but they're restarting you know what i mean and as as a film critic we all are just exhausted with origin stories i think i don't feel like it's an origin story i feel like it's a step above that i i i think that 
I, I am in agreement with Robin, but I'm also in agreement with you, Brian. I think that there is an issue here, which is that it is an origin story that almost doesn't want to admit it's an origin story. So it instead of instead of treating it like an origin story, it's treating it like it's like the second or third chapter. Like it, he, it's not upfront enough about like the fact that I don't know. I'm I'm like my head hurts now from from talking about it. Even as I think it transcends a lot of the origin story issues personally. But I think but, that I, what the I think what the issue is is that it doesn't lay a good enough foundation to suddenly try to subvert itself. So like you know, Bill, you're talking about I don't oh, think it this does. Is the first time that he's really dealing with the cops, but like clearly he knows Jim Gordon. Like clearly he's been in barely stuff before. Clearly. No, no, no. There's there's a few references to this being like their first big case together. I, I I like that it doesn't beat the origin drum too much. Like we don't have the flashback to the parents dying and all that stuff. And but again, what's weird is that like this is it, it, then and they shouldn't have made his parents matter. Like they shouldn't have made them an integral part of this story because we because they they're suddenly like in the middle of this movie when they've done a pretty decent job of not bringing up his sainted father and mother who were gunned down in crime alley coming out of Shrek or whatever we've decided. Cause that's, been the, that's, that's the funnest, the most fun part of this whole week has been people going like, if this movie takes place in 2021. And oh, died, really? I haven't seen that. That's funny. Years ago. What movie were they walking out of in October slash November of 20, 2001? Oh, Jesus. And could be so Shrek. Yeah, and so it could be Shrek. I also said, oh, shit. So it, for Bruce Wayne, it was like 9-11. Your parents are dead. <laughs> like, yeah, no wonder he turned into Batman. That was a pretty traumatic month. I do think we're in the spoiler half, right? We are, yes. Yes. Uh, I think there's an underdeveloped thread, clearly, between like the privileged orphan and the unprivileged orphan. Mm-hmm. The idea being that I think we're supposed to get that Bruce learns at the end that even though he was his parents were murdered. He had it better than other, Absolutely. some other people. And I, I think that's an interesting idea that could have been developed a little further and maybe even earlier. So it doesn't feel like a, Hey, this is also a story about privilege. Cause I didn't expect that to and come think, through in the final act. So. I think the way to develop that is actually to, to spend more time at the Riddler. Like to, I to, maybe, but I think I do think Matt wanted the locked POV. I, that that might have worked. And I kind of understand that, but then you can't. Then I I just feel like you know the the best films noir. You know, if you stick to the detective's POV, then it can't. It doesn't really matter at the end why anyone did anything. Yeah, like, I agree with that. The unraveling of the mystery is beyond the point. It's it's the it's the view into the corruption well, and it's the Well, it's the impact on the hero. Yes. It's right. it's what the hero or detective learns by looking into the abyss, not the abyss itself. And I think that's I think that's here. And I th- no, I think I feel like Chandler, you know, his, his like Philip Marlowe at the end of every novel is basically like someone's like, Don't you want to know? don't you want to know why I had to do it? And he's like, no, I don't care. Like I got the shit kicked out of me for 200 but pages. To it's find not Marlowe. It's, it's Jake Giddy's learning. It's Chinatown. I mean, Matt has said that Chinatown was the biggest influence on this one. And Jake at the end of Chinatown just basically learns everything's fucked. Uh, that the whole system is broken and that he doesn't even understand. And I, I think that's kind of where Bruce is at the end of this. 
Uh, but it's not. Well, and, and and he's actually got he's actually got a chance to to reset things, right? Like like you know him and Rial at the end of this film have an opportunity to rebuild, and and that's the biggest thing about like a lot of this stuff. And it, there are some comic books that kind of get into this when when you know there is a rebuilding structure kind of actually put in place, and all of a sudden there's some criminals that kind of come up to the fore and are like, no, fuck that. Uh, we're in charge, uh, you don't get to rebuild. And so, you know, there are comic books that have kind of delved into that, maybe potentially, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, movie number two will delve into that, which, you know, this film kind of sets up and is, is, seems to be primed for is, okay, let's see what he can do if he actually becomes a, a symbol for, for hope and things like that. And, you know, certainly the national guard is there and, you know, shit is is going very wrong uh, all over Gotham. And yeah, sometimes you need to wipe the slate clean and then start over. And Bill, maybe this is a lot that. like the Riddler right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah, hey, I'm I'm no, no, I'm I'm just saying so I'm just saying someone's already done that. So okay now now we have a foundation to build on right look i wouldn't have advocated for it but if that's the world we have to live in <laughs> hey hey you know I just, I, I, it, I, it does it does bring up a very interesting thought that i had and i don't know if anybody else has the answer for this but if there is a major political uh candidate uh race that is happening and the end is within you know uh a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and one of those, the incumbent is fucking shot and killed or whatever, murdered. Uh, what happens? It, it, like, I, I feel know. like there should be, there should be a, hey, uh, let's pause and let's come back to this no, in a year. Works. It's, it's like, yeah. you don't pause an election. You constitutionally have to have it. So what you do is yeah. you still run the dead guy. And if he wins, then you have to have a second special election. You run what? You run the dead guys? Dead guys have won. Dead guys have won elections, Bill. It, it, it happens in like <laughs> local levels around the country all the time. Yeah. Now it's not Fuck someone got man. shot in public usually. It's usually like a heart attack from a state senator. But yeah. dead guys have won elections repeatedly. Yeah, exactly. Holy fuck. I did not know this. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, no, that's that's what happens. Um yeah, I don't know. I um I don't know. I don't. I don't even remember what I was going to say now. Yeah, um, no, we got there. I, I remember what, one of the things that you you'd said was like the whole Thomas and Martha Wayne thing. But like because they make such a big deal out of this asinine ten minute section where like it seems like Thomas mm-hmm. Wayne hired someone to kill someone, but then it turns out that he just hired someone to intimidate someone, and like that either led to uh, Moroni or Falcone murdering him, like. If you're gonna do it was truly much, who gives a shit, honestly. It was 100% who gives a fuck. Because I was like, this. I'm either going to be mad because this is going to be a fake out that like is only going to last two minutes, which it did, or they're actually going to besmirch Thomas Wayne, which I will find very hackneyed and annoying. And um, I guess I'm glad I, I think... that they went the direction they went in. But like, if you're going to do that much, then you do need to have him be a character like he was in Batman Begins, where you actually give a fuck about him and his relationship I, I don't, with his son. 
I don't think you do because they're playing with archetypes. They're playing with all like everybody knows that the Waynes are like these beautiful saintly people. And this film like throws a wrench in that. I and, Okay. As much as I've paid attention to Batman, it never occurred to me that they were saintly people. They were just rich people. They, Bruce yeah. thinks so. Bruce, Bruce idolizes his father and he gets, he starts to come apart when he thinks his father's hiding corruption that he's been trying to fight. So I, I, I don't think the film presents it as that, but I do think Pattinson is playing this as some sort of revelation for Bruce. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he gets so upset at the idea that the operation of the charitable operation was corrupt, that it really drives the, that, chunk of the film maybe not fully successfully i would agree i think a lot of that is a little underdeveloped i have a feeling there's a four-hour script of this sitting in matt reeves desk somewhere <laughs> that might fill in a little bit of those gaps um or we'll learn about it in a tv spinoff but i but i think the purpose of thomas here is really just a catalyst for bruce's realization that what he's been doing for the last two years for x y and z is a little more complicated than he thought it was mm-hmm and that maybe he needs to actually take a, a look at his fucking numbers and his money and realize where it's going. Right, which again know? is like is something that Nolan explored to much greater effect in the third Dark Knight film. Oh, okay. <laughs> We've already spent a lot of time talking about Nolan, so I don't want to well, go. I mean, you kind of have there. to unless you want to talk. The third about... Dark Knight film is bad. No, the third Dark opinion. Knight film is brilliant. It's, no. it's the best what? of the Oh, wow. No, I thought it was so boring. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Holy fuck. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. Lego Batman is better than Dark Knight Rises. I'll go on the right. <laughs> oh, 100%. I, mean, Lego I love Batman Lego great, Batman. Don't get me wrong, but like Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> Dark Knight Rises does things. The cluttered that, mess of that, a film. You know, this Dark Knight Rises is a better version of Joker than Joker. It's a better version of the Batman than the Batman. It is. Um, by, I'll it give is, you the first, but I hate Joker, so it that's is fine. Miles ahead of every in every Joker. theme and every plot point of everything that these movies have been trying to do. Okay, we're gonna have to do a whole <laughs> other podcast on that. Let's say so, uh, next week when we talk. About <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it, it's it, Nolan yeah. failing many of the ideas from his previous film and having no real idea how to end his trilogy. But again, well, we'll do another podcast. You know, you know, Heath Ledger passed away, so I'm sure that. <laughs> fuck things up but like so he just made a cluttered crowded batman forever anyway enough another time in that movie you know they they bring up the fact that like he he like stopped being batman because the 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 victory that was won by rallying around harvey dent's murder and like you know but but he basically watched his symbol get corrupted for elevating a corrupt symbol which helped on a surface level but his vacuum of 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 any kind of like helping on a social level uh, with the closing of the orphanage that his family had funded and everything and letting his businesses go to seed and get taken over by people much like they were in this like fucking movie like all of those things mean that even though there is a surface level you know destruction of the corruption and crime it just led to now a deeper moral rot that has right. now bubbled to the surface. And in this but, movie, but that's not Nolan's idea. That's no, been in the comic books and stuff. Okay, no, I'm saying that he uses it in that movie. 
Of course he does, but he didn't come up with it. No, he the idea of corruption and rot has been a part of the comic books for a right. very but long he time. Executes that in that movie a lot better than it is executed in this movie. We will have to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I'm like coming in movie, too hard. This movie because makes I, Bruce Wayne slash Batman seem like a moron because he's like the mob. But, but you're also you're pulling a bullshit game where you're comparing a third film to a first, which you really can't do in terms of like an origin story versus someone who's been through what the character has been through a, a conclusion. You can't compare the first part of a trilogy to the third part of a trilogy. He's been doing this for two years and he doesn't think that like the mob is still around. Like he doesn't. He, he's an idiot. He's, like, he's an idiot, oh sociopathic virgin in all likelihood. And <laughs> I mean, think about it. He, he doesn't sleep. He he doesn't even take a shower. Like, like right. Alfred at one point is like you need to fucking take a sh- like just a shower so yes please. nolan's bruce in the third film has his shit together way more than this one i'll agree with you on that but i think they're serving different purposes I, the for the record for the listeners i don't hate rises i just don't think it's as good as the other brian and i or is this film for the record anyway. well that's bananas um but totally. I, I recognize that my love of the Dark Knight Rises is is a is a fluke in this world. In fact, when, <laughs> when, when what is what is the 10-year anniversary of the Dark Knight Rises? Maybe I need to like set myself yeah. time to write like a 5,000 word defense of that. I would read it. It's this year. It Wait, Dark Knight out, Rises is 10 years old? Yeah, no. it came out in 2012. Yeah. Okay, I will get to work on that. I don't know uh, when I will have done by. Quick quick, uh, pop quiz. Um, Who do you think is the oldest Batman when they first started that role? Wait, wait, no. Um, Clooney? (laughs) Oh, fuck. I didn't even look up Clooney. Sorry. (laughs) No, I I didn't look. only. Yeah, basically. Bill, give us uh, the answer. Kelmer? We got them no. all, I think. It's it's Keaton. It's Keaton. So oh, here's yeah. the ages. Here's the ages of the Batman. When they play um, at, at least the 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 four major ones, right? I will say. Uh Keaton is 37, Kilmer is 35, Bale is actually 31, and Pattinson is 35. Wait, what about Bill is 31 and begins? 35? Whoa, hold on. One at a time. Brian, yes. Bale is 31. He is currently 48. No, wrong Brian, Brian. Uh, Brian (laughs) Brian Tellerico, you said Bale is 31. Yes, he is currently 48. And Batman Began came out in 2005, 17 years ago. I am startled that he was that young. <laughs> yeah, he he was he was a baby. Uh, Fuck, that's crazy. Okay, uh, Brian uh, Affleck Rowan. is forty five. Affleck is forty five when Dawn of Justice so he comes out. Would have won. Yes. So he would have won, but yeah, I, I don't feel like that counts. Forty four. Uh, forty four. Robin, you had a question. I'm mostly just astonished that Robert Pattinson is thirty five. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because he's been it, around he, for like he, twenty years. He's just got the baby face, man. He's got that baby face, Yo, and people. I, I have no fucking idea because Clooney's Clooney's a, a drop in the pen to me. Like that, you didn't look I up Clooney. The same amount no, of time I, yeah. over. You gotta look up. What Clooney, are you doing, fucker? <laughs> All right, I'm looking at that. I didn't even look. This is unscientific. Up. 
This is like. What do you mean? This is unscientific. Old all over again. This is old all over Lack again. What do you of mean? Research. What? Mm-hmm. I did more research than y'all. That's true. Uh, Clooney was thirty-six. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> right, because Keaton was thirty-five. Thirty-seven. Yeah. So I, w- I oh, won. No, I said Clooney. Wins. No, Keaton still wins by a year. Wait, Cle- <laughs> wait. How the fuck old is Keaton? He's Keaton's old. He's seventy. He's seventy right now. Yeah, he looks amazing. Yeah, no, I Ow. mean, I wouldn't have thought he was older than forty in uh, the fountain. And he keeps playing Batman. Oh, that's fucking right. They're doing that shit again. Oh, my God. Wait, is this going to be like a multiverse? This yes. so keeps It's all a multiverse. So mad. That's yeah, I think that, that there's a lot of that going on here, Brian. There's a lot of superhero exhaustion and origin story exhaustion and shared universe exhaustion and realizing that while I think it does it better than a lot of Marvel movies, this movie is certainly setting up a franchise. And I think... I don't mean to diminish your criticisms of the film, but I think that there's just an exhaustion at all of this that feeds into our bones sometimes I, when we watch a movie like I this. Not, well, I mean, I Brian's been very open and honest about that. Yeah, I can't say that you're wrong. I think that like walking into this, I I was I it it was playing at a disadvantage, but at the same sure. time, I I there even if I wasn't exhausted, like I feel like this would still just come up as like a minor work for me. I just maybe wouldn't be as hard on it because like, yeah, I just, we've seen, we've seen this stuff work. And again, like that opening scene, I, I keep thinking about, cause you have that kind of like that thudding, which, which opening sequence, because I, I, I thought, montage I thought of the, crimes, right? Okay, yeah. I, I thought the film starts with uh, the the Riddler sequence. Oh, it does, does it not? Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, um, yeah. yeah. Let's you know what I thought about that. I um, met the crime montage with the yeah. The okay, yeah, yeah. The guys which, on the L platform which, and in this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which which I love because he's like, I'm a symbol of of you know fear in the criminals, and it's like, yeah, but they're still fucking committing crimes, like. <laughs> you're and it's right. dark outside you so like the death penalty like people are aware that it's a thing <laughs> yes concerned about but like it's clearly not a deterrent but i, I do think a, it is it is nice any, uh, senators listening we need to end the death penalty <laughs> i do think it is We're nice on the that... same page <laughs> <laughs> yeah y'all can hold hands uh but yeah i do think it is nice that you actually hear batman like verbalize the fact that no i cannot be everywhere and so shit is going to happen in gotham and i'm not going to be there to save people and everything like that i can't be everywhere at once interesting bill (sighs) okay i i i hate that i keep bringing it back to the nolan films but but well then don't try not to (laughs) in the nolan films where you see people about to do a drug deal and then they see the bat symbol and the guy says, no, not tonight. Like, it's not your night. And the guy's like, you got a better chance of winning the lottery. But like, it still is clear that it's it's working and it is like a a thing that is stopping people. Now, at the same time, you could chalk it up to like, I think that was in the second movie. And so at that point, he'd been doing this a while and it had a very Correct. public victory against the League of Shadows. Yep. Um in this movie, I just I I loved it so much, but I was expecting him to like 
leap out of the shadows like like a like a jaguar or like you know like a <laughs> jaguar i don't know what what, what's a jaguar what <laughs> out of shadows <laughs> i don't know i don't spend too much time in shadows um i, I try not to shadows jaguars leap out of shadows I guess. <laughs> I gotta Google what a jaguar is. Jaguar. 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 Um so no, okay, so what I was gonna say is I, I was really amped up for this movie to lean into the kind of uh the Batman the animated series, like you know oh, it's not that movie. Melt Matt Reeves is not gonna shadows. make that movie. Uh, well, this okay. is another okay, we haven't even gotten into this yet, but I have never liked a movie that Matt Reeves has made after Cloverfield. Uh, I think okay. the apes movies are like stunning failures and again, have kind of the same problem of generally not being fun to watch. I thought this was a blast to watch. Uh, so. Bananas to me. I cannot get on top of that. I cannot, cannot get on top of it that. It didn't feel like a blast to that. me. I wasn't bored. I was interested in what was going on, but I can't say that I liked it. Hmm. Interesting. And casually dismiss the craft of the apes movies or this, or even let me in. Like you cannot get in, into his storytelling, but we've ignored most of like how he structures and assembles films, like with Greg Frazier consistently and his use of score and sound, which Bill mentioned, I think he's doing stuff in blockbuster form that other directors are not. So again, we are coming at this from completely different angles in terms of appreciation like, of I his I, I kind of agree with you. I think that there are things that I've seen in his movies that I like, but like, I don't like, they don't add up to a movie. I enjoy like, I, I get that. Yeah, I get I, that. But we talked a lot about exhaustion. Uh, the Marvel movies have almost no craft whatsoever oh, in terms of like interesting framing or, or composition or focus choices, or even just interesting yeah, this, editing. This, and this, this ha- and every Matt Reeves film at. has at least that well, like you can, I think he, yeah. I think he gets a lot of leverage off of that because people are like, Oh, this looks like a movie automatically. It gets two more stars than if this was made by because film is a visual medium. Right. Exactly. <laughs> by the brothers Rousseau. But like at the same time, <laughs> if it's not, if I didn't like it, I, it's really, it really sucks that like, I don't have a better way to put it than that. Like if I didn't like it, then I can't give it more than that. Like I, I can see all of the aesthetic value of it. That is far beyond what we usually get in a movie like this. However, you're getting to a major pet peeve of mine, which is the number of people who are like, it looks great, but, and I always go, a lot of major blockbusters don't look great. Like, don't write off it looks great, but as something that's easy to fucking do, because it's not, because more people would do it. And I tell a lot of people, and I try to beat this drum as often as I can, judge form, not content. And the form that Matt Reeves uses works for me. I get that the content doesn't work for you, but I just can't so casually dismiss his use of form. So what's interesting, I think we may have hit upon a fundamental break in our, in our personal philosophies regarding film then, because you say it's a visual medium. I think it's a narrative medium. And so for me, the read a book, I do read books. I love books. I've got like three books sitting on my, my desk right next to me right now. They do very different things than the films you watch. Yes, they do. But I still want a movie to tell me an engaging story because that is ostensibly why I am there. That is what gets pitched to me to make me interested in the movie. 
but the story is the way it's conveyed, not the story itself. It's the classic Roger quote. It's on my business card. It's not what a movie is about. It's how it is about it. Okay. And even the, even the films you like, you, the, the story's not going to do it 100%. It has to be the way it's conveyed through formal choices. But I now, I'll admit... Yeah, go ahead. Case, I, I, don't think that, I don't think that this movie's formal choices... Right. That's where we diverge. Right. Inherently yeah. bolster the story it's telling. And so that's right. where it becomes an issue. Yeah. But I do think while you may value story more than some other critics, I do think even the films that you love, the, Nolan uses form brilliantly, as long as we're getting back to formal choices. I would never, he's a formal master in terms of his use of sound and especially in his last couple of films. Mm-hmm. Um, so you appreciate that. It's not, in other words, I, I'm, trying to bolster the idea that it's not just storytelling. You are getting different things out of a Nolan film than you would a book that just printed the story of dark Knight rises. Oh yeah. Can um, you imagine like a novelization of, of a uh, fucking Dunkirk. It would be unreadable. <laughs> right. Of course. Well, that's his most formally daring film yeah. and, it, and it, and it works because of its formal daringness. And I think I would argue that Matt Reeves has formal choices that echo Nolan's formal abilities in terms of, what he's able to do with the structure of a film, what he's able to do with light and sound, which is what filmmaking is to me. So. And I, I just I like mean, that he, he content really that different though. I mean, isn't, yes. isn't form content. Uh, it's how it's, it's presenting. It's the plate and the food. You can't really divide them to a certain extent. In other words, it's the, the con- Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, maybe I'm misunderstanding your question. Um, I mean, to me, can, form and content, like, like style is content. Yes, it can be. It can be for sure. There are certainly filmmakers that, that are more style than anything else for sure. Well, yeah, I guess I'm also just exhausted with critics who are basically judging what a film is about instead of everything else about the filmmaking process. And I think so that's kind of striking a nerve with me. And I get what you're saying, Robin, in that you can't really divide the two. But how many reviews do we read where it's basically just you could read the screenplay and write a review of the screenplay? Tell me how that screenplay was then conveyed in the film and what worked and what didn't work. So. So one thing that I would really like to kind of get into um, is what people thought of the underlying structure of the villainy here, because we have Selena Kyle. She's not yet Catwoman. We have the Riddler sort of, you know, uh, like as another version of a Reddit incel, essentially. Um, Yeah, or like a Kiwani type of... Yeah. yeah. yeah, um, But... To me, the main villain, quote unquote, is this mafia, like the Gotham Mafia, and I, I, it just felt like really wan to me. Um, I couldn't find myself like feeling all that invested in this whole. What was it like, the El Rato or something? Oh, El, El Rato Alada, I think, because like yeah. Carmine Falcone was the rat who took down Maroni, who I don't think we ever see. And right. like, but there's a there's a new drug on the street, or it's an old drug, but now it's more popular. It's called drops. I kept waiting for, I guess I kept waiting for the drops to be a thing. And maybe what yeah. do you mean? I don't like. I just it 
I think all of that is like the water in Chinatown. It's supposed to be background, but we're not supposed to really care about it. Right. But but it's either it's either that or it's it's all in the fourth hour of the script that got cut. But I agree that a lot of that is really thin because the the drops are branded, and the guy who holds up the 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 convenience store is wearing a drops yeah uh, Yeah. mask, right? And so I was like, oh, like this is like the gang, and then it really never came up again, and like. If if it's not going to be a thing, I guess why make up a new designer drug? Why not just say like cocaine? And yeah, say, reasonable. Yes, yeah. and and that's not unless it was in the fourth hour of the movie. I guess like it's not really like a problem, but it did feel like a lot of stuff that was happening that like at the there's end a lot of busy announced. chatter about yeah. stuff that doesn't yeah. really that I agree could be cut and um, could and either cut or developed more. Right. And that's me um, being both a narrative guy. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm getting my story pieces assembled, but then also, uh, you know, a, a visualist drags guy. the movie. Like, there yeah, is, yeah, yeah. The, Reeves is obviously placing a lot of, of stuff on that. And like, it's kind of funny cause the guys on the subway have kind of like right. skull, like clown makeup. So I was like, Oh, are like they, the jokers. Cause I love Batman beyond. I don't know if anyone else loves Batman beyond. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Batman Beyond is great. And like one of the best things about it is that like the Joker has inspired like a shitty street gang called the Jokers. Um, yeah, yeah. And um I guess yeah, there's, there's the pro of, Oh sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, there's there's just a lot of there is a lot of stuff in this movie. And like I was saying, like I, I kept expecting to find out that Paul Dano's Riddler was the son of the uh journalist who apparently got murdered. But mm. um but he wasn't. Um it just felt weird that like that was such a big thing. And I was like, Oh, he's the Riddler. Cause like his dad worked at the paper and maybe he always hung out with the jumble guy or like the crossword guy. Like I kept trying to make it fit and then it just kind of never did. And like, again, just like having the mob, I agree with Robin felt kind of wan. And then like you got yeah. the Riddler and he turns from a guy who thinks he's smarter than everyone else to just like a wounded you know, QAnon-y kind of guy who manages to talk a bunch of people up into being a bunch of mass shooters, but like with bolt action rifles. Well, but I mean, it, it, it was almost very successful. Was right. it not? I mean, know, I mean, they I mean, shot yeah. the mayor too. Yeah. But like at the same time, I just, I can't, I cannot deny bill the success of the plan. Like if it, if it weren't for Batman, and, and it, it, it was in, funny. It would have been really good. It was funny because someone, <laughs> someone, someone on a podcast was mentioning that 500 followers doesn't seem like a lot. And I was, I, and they were like, you know, I I've seen the, the, uh, social media click through rates and stuff like that. Like you gotta have a fuck ton of people to amass, <laughs> you know, a certain number of people to show up. But, but I was like, Bill, hold on, Bill, hold on. Bill, get off those message boards, Bill, Bill, get off. Those <laughs> here's, here's, here, but here's, here's the thing right it's like okay but (laughs) this is not like hey let's go play elden ring like this popular video game this is a very 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 specific like user who has his own like internet site right and it's like this is this is a cult it's a cult more than a social following yes like like this is a the deepest of the deep web so if he has 500 followers there those are fucking nutso boys and they're probably all playing elden ring right now (laughs) (laughs) the guy even says like there's like really fringe types it's like oh yeah those guys are gonna do some stuff to get back to to the donald's and demand some szechuan sauce (laughs) right Uh, exactly (laughs) the um 
the point about like the corruption and mob stuff being underwritten, I agree with that. I think the pro are the pro stance on the film would be that that's world building and that not every dot needs to be connected, especially in a superhero movie where almost every dot is connected in every Marvel movie. You don't see something if it's not going to connect to something else. Mm -hmm. So the idea being that Matt's trying to build a world instead of uh, connect every dot. The anti-argument would be that it's a lot of incomplete ideas and plot threats. I guess I'm kind of somewhere in the middle on that. So yeah, and mm-hmm. like I'm totally cool with just like having a vibe, you know, like that's, right. That's a cool thing to do. Like I can. It's a little too talky to maintain that vibe, though. Yeah. I do agree. I think Robin was getting at that we spend a lot of time in that John Turturro-y corruption mob world to, to no real end. I think if you were going to cut ten or fifteen minutes of it, a lot of it would be that. A lot yeah. of it would be that chattery. But- I think there's something worth, and I, I tried to bring this up earlier, but there's something worth kind of getting into the Selena Kyle story here. First of all, I think Zoe Kravitz was very good in this movie. Um, probably the best Catwoman or proto-Catwoman I've seen since Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot about the the foil nature or the parallel nature between the Riddler and Batman and what it means to be, you know, on the spectrum of orphanhood. But I think Selena is also an orphan and has also, you can't keep a fucking parent alive in Gotham city. No, not, right. not at all. I mean, Superhero movies and Disney movies kill every parent. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, but she's effectively an orphan, whether her father was alive or not technically. And I think her trajectory maybe could have used a little more development too. Like, and I know we talked about Paul Dower, the Riddler, not having enough meat to his story, but I kind of think the same thing about her. Like there, there is an interesting triangle between them, um, at least in terms of the choice, like the foundations of stability that you can have if you lose your parents. Um, You know, obviously Bruce Wayne had a lot of, had a lot of access that the other two right. didn't. Uh, but they also make completely like she, she had probably as much privilege as, as uh, the Riddler did and yet makes very different choices than he has. So yeah. can't just chalk it up to, well, I was a, I was an orphanage well, uh, child. I, I mean, that's, 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 that's just like, <laughs> you know, people raising one one right? Like, I mean, that, that's, that's the classic, like you know internal uh you know direction versus external direction you know like who who is responsible ultimately for how you are brought up nature versus nurture yeah nature versus nurture today yeah Yeah, you know and i i think i think one thing that i always want to keep in mind is that if you if you are interested in a character and you're like, I wish I had more of that character, I think that's still a good thing because the opposite is very bad, right? When you're like, I had too much of that character, right? I, I got, I got to I know too much of the penguin in this movie. Whoa, what? I loved him. Oh, I what? thought that was obnoxious. The oh my god! Oh my god! He's so good. I love him so much. I hate when, Colin when Farrell, so that's just like a whoa, personal. Okay, thing. well, whoa. I mean that's. I gotta go. I've had fun. <laughs> See y'all later. <laughs> Please, that fucking goatee. Get real. What goatee? I love him. Oh, oh, not just like Colin Farrell's like 
generic means. goatee, like the whole aura of that goatee. Okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> when when he when he tells them, you know, that he they don't speak Espanol, I just died. That's that's like quietly one of the funniest like lines in in a movie I've seen in a long time. Like just absolutely hilarious that he's just calling them on their shit, like not not being able to realize that. I don't have strong feelings about Colin Farrell in this movie. I hate to I hate to bail and pull a ripcord. Uh, I have strong feelings about Colin Farrell in general, but yeah, uh, but that's for another podcast. But y'all should see after Yang; he's incredible in that. I do. Um, Coconut. Might be movie. covering it. I think. I it's, think we it's are on the potential. I, um, I I do realize now that one of the things that I think, um, and I don't know, I don't know. Like um, I I I like to say that I'm a fan of Batman, but I like only know him from a very select properties, and like none of them are comic books. So if you're a comic okay. nerd who's gonna like yell at me. People listening right now, um, just don't, because I I'm saying it out loud. Um, <laughs> please, please don't yell at me. <laughs> I just like it's. It's not even like from. I just don't waste your time. Like you know, it's. Uh, just, I'm not going to read it, and it's not going to affect me emotionally, and I'm not going to care. But like, I always thought that the Riddler's thing was that like he was going to give you a clue to try to stop him, because his whole idea was like <laughs> I'm smarter than you, and I will pull off my shit before you can figure out what it was. Uh. Not always, I mean, not in all comic yeah. book incarnations. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think that's that's where every everybody. Because to me, that's like like, like what, why, 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 why? No, you, no, I think he likes I the mean, game. Yeah, but but uh, I mean, Brian, like like th- think about this critically though. Like, how long do you think the Riddler's been around as a character, and do you think they've they've changed him at all well, or see, that's the none? Problem, Bill, when people are like, "Oh, this is the most faithful one," and it's like, I don't know because you know, like I feel like I remember seeing Batman holding a bomb and not wanting to blow up a bunch of nuns once, like. Who are we being faithful sure. to? Like, which is the real faithfulness is such a weak argument to me. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I'm just saying, like, in terms of my engagement with the villains in this movie, I, I just like this this version of the Riddler really felt like. Do you remember everyone listening to me speaking right now? Every every guest on this, um, there was that. I think it was like in 2009, someone posted on YouTube like a weird, gritty fan made trailer of a Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, and it was like one like like they just like came up with like some like the reptile had like a skin condition or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's what it yeah. felt like when they were just like, okay, all right, we've got this script for a kind of serial killer seven ripoff from nineteen ninety-five. Um, we want to make it a Batman movie. So clearly Stop it. we have Batman. <laughs> And then Stop it. The <laughs> like that's you know, the just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. letters, like you know, should okay. it be whatever criticisms you may have. This was not a retconned seven no, ripoff. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying but that's that what literally. It feels I'm saying like. that's how it feels to watch. Oh. And the Riddler, especially, doesn't seem as though. And this is a fucking crazy thing that I'm about to say. It doesn't feel as though his. His dramatic alias is fully integrated into his villainous aesthetic. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> like what is? I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I don't know what you're supposed to do with it. I'm just I'm telling you my truth. I was like, uh-huh. does it have to be the Riddler? Like, couldn't it have been like Zaz or something? Like, you know, one of like Batman's lesser guys who's not like super was like, he the really hot 
Chris Messina guy so in the Harley Quinn movie? Oh, he was, yeah. Oh, yes, he was, mm. yeah. Um, it's like a psychopath of the night. Yeah. <laughs> did you just make a lip smacking? Yeah, like, yeah, she did. yeah, she did. She's, she's eating a four-star meal over there. <laughs> With Chris Messina and Birds of Prey. Um, that's awesome. It's the bleached uh, hair and the tininess. Well, fascinating. We'll circle back to that later. <laughs> um uh, damn it i lost my train of thought because of that robin totally threw me the fuck off where were we horny oh, now yeah. Bri- brian's arguing that the riddler wasn't riddlery enough i just like I just, wasn't yeah. you know and, and again no, no one has you, you know. don't have to you don't have to you don't have to respond i just needed to say it like there's a part of me where like it, if you showed me 10 years ago a picture of his outfit in this movie and we're like this is the Riddler in the new Batman movie. I don't know why you sound like that 10 years ago. But if you said that to me, I'd be like, oh, God. Like, you know, it's funny because people made a lot of fun of Nolan for, like, you know, grounding and gritting up these properties in the way that he did. But, like, you know, like, it, it, it's, it, it's not sure it's what you're asking beyond for. It. It's just, I just, like, there's does it not strike you as fundamentally wrong to go this hard in this direction with these characters, I guess. Like we thought we'd hit a rock bottom grit level and Matt Reeves has pushed into that. And like, should he have, like, was this the right direction to go? Like, wait, 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 let's stop. I mean, for some reason we only talk about Nolan. Um, Like there's also the Schumacher films and the Burton films and all these other iterations of Batman that he's, that he's responding to. In other words, I'm happy that the Riddler here isn't Jim Carrey. So I would rather, in other words, Wow. Wow. I like I, I yeah for anyone I I realize you, you fundamentally wanted a different film. I did. On yeah, every I, I, narrative. So okay, like there's really no Right. Well, that's nothing I, beyond that. No, there's not. And I I think that what 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 you keep talking about with my fatigue. I think I I do want these things to go back and embrace the theatricality a little bit. Like just like give us the the weird costumes and the uniforms like don't you don't have to go full Schumacher but like Batman the animated series like struck a vibe that was pretty good you know like just well but that that also is is so much like closer to being an actual comic right is that a problem like I don't know I just like the the, because the, the whole point of 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 comic book movies and and comic books and stuff is to is to be a little like Grand Guignol and like a little a little nutty and a little operatic, and I just don't know if. Well, the nuttiness is in this Batmobile, right? Like, no, how did you respond to that? It just and the Penguin like, and the Riddler's outfit, and I mean, there's Grand Guignol all over this thing. But they're not I'm not sure exactly. I, Robin, am I making sense to you? <laughs> like, yeah, I, like I mean, I I language. like one thing that I really like about. Batman at large is that Batman is a little bit of like a broody little bitch and he's surrounded by all of these complete wackos who are trying to take him down. And that's to me, one of the reasons I love uh, Harley Quinn specifically because it focuses on those absolute nut jobs. And it's one of the reasons I actually kind of like the Batwoman, the first season of Batwoman only because, um, the main villain of that is totally fucking batshit. And the actress was amazing um, playing this like Alice in Wonderland type of villain. And, you know, 
Batman is just like a little bit of a, you know, like, eh. that's why I like Pattinson actually, because at least he had a little bit, I don't know, just whininess to him. Yeah, I, at least that sure. was something. You know, it's obviously I think it's a lot of something. To be a, um, a Kurt Cobain thing or whatever you want to call it. I mean, they do. Play oh, I mean, that, that, yeah, well, no, that, that is definitely a direct reference. Like the, he's, he's name dropped that several times. Yep. Both of them have. Yeah. Uh, which so, is something we haven't really seen. It's not Bale. It's not Keaton. It's certainly not George Clooney. And so I appreciate that version of Batman. So maybe that's, maybe that's my question. Is, is the novelty enough? Like, shouldn't like, is that is that it? Is that well, all we need? Is just seeing it in a well, way that we I have talked before? about more than novelty. Like, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. I don't like it just because it's new. But I do think, and it's not really. I think we've broken down how much of its flaws come from it not being quite new enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you, as you said, the first half hour of Batman Begins is basically the same thing. So I don't think novelty is exactly a strength. But I do think. It takes some of the ideas of Nolan and some of the source material and even some Burton and then novelty is the wrong word, but shifts over a lane and does some similar things, but in its own way. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess, yeah. and I guess what it comes down to is your mileage may vary. And my mileage was like a quarter mile. That's sure. Like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like always at true. Point, at, at this point, I I really am I am I am missing I I'm 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 ready to go back to like the 90s I guess like I'm I'm ready to go back you to and that. every Gen Zer I'm not a Gen Zer oh are you just saying Brian, Brian. I'm making fun of here's something. here's here's a question though like then why is Marvel not your shit because, because they is, like they just had a giant okay. purple guy. You know, they're doing Schumacher like fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. They like, love like, Batman they're, forever. They're they're, no, they're they going there. It's still too. It's still too. It's it's still too realistic. Like the 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 weird. I, I it's Guardians of the Galaxy is realistic. Guardians of the Galaxy just annoying. Like I don't know. Uh, what I'll tell you it, is there's a giant tree. <laughs> that oh, talks. I, 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 what? I got. I got to get this out. Name a good recent superhero movie since Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Shang Chi. Uh, no, I want that. Brian. Oh, since I'm sorry. I mean, just because I want to know if, if like, perhaps the entire genre is dead. Let's get Brian. Pile on. <laughs> Wait. Okay. When? Was no, the that's not what Avenger? I meant. <laughs> I just want to know what what works in terms of modern superhero movies. I guessing the answer is nothing no all right. so maybe that's Damn a you thing it might be a me thing because i was gonna say i liked captain america the first avenger but that was a year before the dark knight rises yep but no i admittedly there are a lot of bad superhero movies in the last 10 years okay i'll throw this is there a single dc extended universe film you like i will i i really liked the snyder cut i don't know if that counts a little bit because um, I think in terms of what you were talking about and like with like aesthetics and how it's about, yeah, like he's I, doing interesting stuff from that, yeah, yeah. that, that aspect ratio. And like, I know people make fun yep. of him slowing shit down, but like, I kind of dig it. Like I just, there is, well, it's, it, it's what you're getting at in terms of the Batman, in terms of like really going for the style, really going for the, 
grand, larger than life aspects. Snyder undeniably does that. I mean, it's usually bullshit, but he does it. Well, it's funny because you, you, I remember reading that Roger Ebert piece where you, uh, dot com piece where you said, like, um, uh, the buildings feel empty. Yeah. And I remember, uh, Man of Steel, a movie that I, I enjoyed. Yep. And, um, I didn't love the it. The most empty buildings, it. like, ever. <laughs> so what was crazy is that, like, I didn't think that they were fully empty and i was kind of but i i came to realize that like oh i don't think Zack snyder realizes what he's doing like i was right i was in the theater being like wow the carnage on display is jaw-dropping and it's like an interesting way to do this and it really was like when the gods clash like what can the mortals do but like run for cover but then we've spent like a decade or more. I don't even remember when that movie came out. It's not more than a decade. It's about a decade, like running away from that because people were yeah. so like, oh, like, and now every movie has to have a thing where it's like, we've cleared the building and then the building explodes. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, like I, I like that. And I think that Captain America, the first Avenger and uh, Man of Steel are the two directions that I kind of wish that these movies had gone in. Interesting. Um, and I, they haven't. How really, Captain America? Captain America, the first Avenger. Not no, but how Avengers? Captain no, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, how does the cap? What does the Captain America movie do that you wish this did? Um, man, you know, it's it's got. This is gonna sound cheesy as fuck. It's it's got the 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 courage to let its hero be a one hundred percent Eagle Scout level good guy. It's got this kind of like golly gee shucks americana sure. like but batman can't be that no batman can't be that but like i i like that it commits to that and like ha- like because like superman should technically be that but he wasn't yes um but uh, America yeah, okay. has that and superman i like the fact that they leaned into his alienness and his yeah like the the and like i just in this movie it just felt like it, it like we we can't make them that real like there has to be some elevation and i didn't feel it in this movie and so it did so the grounded approach inherently might not work for you because superheroes shouldn't be grounded yeah i think that i think i feel like nolan came as close as you can get without it being like this because it still had some some but you like the, the least grounded Dark Knight film the most, I would argue. Uh, so you yeah. like when it gets larger than life. Right, and the why? and Reeves' approach to ground apes, to ground this, is against the very concept of what a superhero movie or an apes movie should be, in your view. I think that that might be right, yeah. I think that we may have actually finally gotten to the core root of my issues, Dr. Freud. And um, I... I <laughs> <laughs> like if I- You never called me Dr. Freud. <laughs> And I'm always trying to get at your issues. I know you're more of a young, um, but no, like I, I do Thank think you. that like, if I want to watch, like, I get it. I, I get yeah, it. Uh, there's like Manchester by the sea exists. All right. I can go and watch that. Sure. Like maybe I want like, and you can keep the themes and the ideas the same, but like, maybe just like give it a little sauce, baby. Like give me, some then I would, ar- I would possibly argue that this movie was fucked before it even started. Like in other words, the approach, yeah. The approach that Reeves is taking is one that you simply do not think meshes with the superhero genre. And, and I, I think that that might be true for myself. I think obviously other people disagree and I, I will not say that like the movie's incompetently shot or poorly edited because like, 
you know, I would say yeah. like 90%, it's a perfectly well-constructed movie. I think it needs to either be longer yeah. or shorter. I think that it's hit this. Yeah, I agree with that. Mid-air. I think everybody agrees with that. I think even it's most diehard fans would say it needs a little bit of lengthening or shortening something. Something's a little off with the length. Um, but. but like, you know, it's, and yeah, I just, that's, that's just where I'm at. Like it's, it's a movie that I can understand certain aspects of love for it. But then also to me, like the, the story and where it goes and what it does are so fundamentally flawed for me that I also just couldn't see myself appreciating it. Even if it did go in the aesthetic, uh, right. Direction that I wanted, I would still have those same problems. Those were not inherent in, be, those were not be, I would argue the aesthetics. because of the approach to the story before a word was even written. I think it seems to me that like, like, like you were saying, you like Superman and Captain America, you like larger than life heroes. And the very intent of this film is to take a hero and show how frail and fault flawed and human he is. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem to me to be something that interests yeah, me. It, Captain America can, can you know, single-handedly, uh, yeah. you know, stop Hydra. Well, you no, know, right. I mean, he's, that's, he's the guy. But, but that's because of his fundamental human decency, you know? And right. I think marrying, I think that's like, if it, when I, th- when I think of Captain America, the first Avenger, I think of two things primarily. I think of the his chest when he comes out of the thing. Them pecs, baby. I think of the musical number, which is amazing. And I think mm-hmm. of... Um, the when, star-spangled man. Yeah, the star yeah. Oh my God. That's such a great moment in that movie. I was yeah. smiling like a fiend in the theater when that played. But I also think of when they're like, why this scrawny pipsqueak and someone throws a dummy grenade and he leaps on it and covers mm-hmm. it up. Cause that's when, you know, like, Oh, he's already a hero. He just needs the tools to Tommy Lee Jones is in that. You want to see Batman. heroes. You want to see superhero movies about heroes. You want to see heroic actions. And that's not in the Batman. This is a superhero movie without a hero. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. And I also think, but I think that there's a part of me that wonders like if, if this movie leaned more into like the costume theatrics, like would I have been able to swallow some of the more grounded character beats more easily? Maybe. Or would it have been too Maybe. much of a mishmash? But I think yeah. it may just be that like without any levity, it just becomes so dire as to be oh, I get really it. Yeah, I get it. Yep. for me. No, I totally, I mean, as much as we've gone back and forth, I totally understand this movie takes itself too seriously. Fuck it. Like, I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah, it's with anybody. Like an Abed-level narration. It, it does at times, yeah. Um, that's one of the sitcoms my kids are getting into now, by the way. Oh, um, good for Well, but I mean, I mean that that narration is also literally his diary, right? So it's, it's, it's kind of... Yeah. It's it's doing both. So like, I don't expect his narration to be good because I don't expect reading his fucking diary to be good. You know? He's a sociopath, idiot, virgin. We talked about this, and so I do feel like the <laughs> idea. Sociopaths that... have feelings too. They just don't care about yours. <laughs> they just they just <laughs> put that on. Scribble them down in notebooks and on the floor. And put on, on a mask. I just there's also a part of me that like it, you know as we assume as we learn that that is his his diary. I kind of wish that it had it had been less theatrical and maybe like a little more sociopathic, like a little more. Yeah, I agree. Nutty, like lean into that. Yeah, yeah. lean into that right. idea that this guy's a goes out and beats people up every night in a bat costume. Like, like there, several of the comic books have leaned into that idea that he is 
part animal like well i mean the, the history of the character we talked about this is that like he and joker and he and riddler are not too far apart oh yeah like no. uh, but like a wolf yeah. isn't like poetically fascinated with a deer you know so i feel like when you say animal, right some people have an instance to be like oh yeah it's all this feral energy but what it should be is like carnal boredom you know, okay. just like, I don't know, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not about to write my own Batman movie, but there's just, there was, there were a lot of things like that where I was like, I could see this working for me, but I don't think it's executed the way that I personally need it to be for this to be a functional movie. And then you get into like meat and potatoes stuff, like, like v- villain motivation and just like, you know, the extra flab that's on it. And it just like, it kind of starts to fall apart and I can't even really hang on to the parts of it that I admire to the extent that they exist. See, and, and I think 10 minutes ago, we were possibly getting at the idea that fundamentally this never could have worked for you. Which is a Just because of what you yeah. want for superhero movies. But I could, and I don't mean that to diminish anything at all. I'm just saying it seems to, we all come to movies with certain wants and needs. And I think maybe you want things from a superhero movie that Matt Reeves is fundamentally uninterested in delivering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, you know, very possible. But then, then I, then like I kind of said, like, you know, it, at what point i guess like you know it's it's one of those things there's always going to be someone who appreciates it sure so like yeah. you know i can't ever yeah, say like, nice what shit. are we doing got it all down yeah. <laughs> like everyone gets the batman they deserve and um you know because of the quick turnaround on some of these studio movies you're going to get them sooner rather than later yeah yeah we're going to get two tv series and then another couple movies you know what, what's what's actually interesting about this is that apparently Reeves was in like in agreement to do this film while he was in like post production of Apes and like he, he like COVID came up and a lot of other things came up and so it just got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back until it finally you know, had, had time to breathe and start again. So it's not like he just signed on and, and whipped this up together. He's, he's been thinking about this. He's been developing this for a while. Um, first trailer for this, was it like 2020 or was it 2019? No, no, no. no. Oh, you mean like a super teaser without anything shot? Uh, I I think it was probably like fandom or something like that. Yeah, I feel like there was there was a there was a teaser that had him like with the police. Oh, well, you know, you know what it was? The original images were just that that red tinged like shot of him. I'm pretty sure like that was that was one of the original teases was like a a shot of I think the cow and um, him. Oh, the, the cow. cow. I'm sorry. Cow. I, like, I also yeah. heard said cow, cow too. Uh, I thought I heard cow. Yeah, sorry. I tried to, I tried to, to add that L as much as I could, but you know, I don't want to say cow, you've you know, to. so you've got to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We thought we missed it. We thought we missed a villain cameo, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, I think it was the, it was, it was the cow, yeah. right? No, because I remember people being like, oh, shit, his bat symbol on his chest is made of guns. Um, but I, I, have a, I have a recollection of laying in a very uncomfortable bed at my great aunt's apartment after she or my grandmother died or when I was there to help like start moving stuff out of the apartment. 
And so that was either 2019 or it was 2020. And I remember being like, didn't oh, start shooting it. until January, 2020. I'm looking it up. Okay. Um, so that must've been, whoa. So it, it started shooting and then like COVID happened. Yeah. It okay. stopped shooting in mid February. So it had, it had only done like Didn't six weeks of COVID shooting. And it was like a whole thing. Oh, he did. Yeah. Uh, it that. did. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Pattinson got the, the vid. Um, yeah. So it must've been when we were moving all the stuff out of the apartments, like a year later. <laughs> He measures his life by the tragedies. I well, know, I get it. Batman yeah, or Pattinson? <laughs> Not you. You. Oh, I do. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got enough <laughs> of them. And you just start to say like, okay, all right. Was that before or after this friend committed suicide? Was that before or after this family member died? Jeez. It's just a very easy way to tell, you know? Because that's the type of thing you don't forget. Um, yeah, no, I understand. We our major moments in our life define what we remember around those moments. Um, the first teaser was August, 2020. Okay. Yeah. So I was right. It gave us something to believe in, not me, but other people. Other people. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't come in thinking that I was going to enjoy this movie. Me either. So. I mean, I like Ray's movies a lot. And that was actually what I was holding on to, but I got superhero fatigue as much as fucking anybody. Cause I got to do TV too. So I do all the Marvel shows. I can, I came in the opposite direction. So I'm, I'm enjoying the superhero fatigue, but I have uh Reeves fatigue. I I haven't, I haven't liked his, his films for a while. And so, yeah, it's, and you know, I, I agree. I, I think formally his, his films are certainly there. Uh, I, 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 I did notice that uh, he re- redid the scene that he got so much uh, mileage out of in, in Let Me In, uh, where the car crashes and, yep. and he you know keeps the camera inside the vehicle as yep. <laughs> fucking uh, Cobblepot is uh, being talked to. Like, I, you keep referencing Let Me In, and I just remember thinking it was a, a poor imitation of the original. Oh, yeah. I, I really did not like Let Me In, but okay. I remember that sequence because that sequence is also one of the few things that is not kind of a, a direct one-to-one in that film. Now, you know, he he certainly tried to make it his own in in as much as he could by, you know, sw- swapping the locations and, and kind of setting it in the 80s or uh, whenever he did and stuff like that. I mean, it was certainly his, uh, you know, a personal film to him, but I just couldn't help but but see the the differences between those two films. And, you know, it's always tough to watch a film that is remade what two three years after the original comes out and you're like whoa like you're ready it's it's not it's not setting yourself up for success necessarily um which of course is is the way that hollywood keeps doing these because they're like oh that that thing was successful in you know fucking sweden we should remake it. And it's like, well, what about all the people that already saw it in Sweden, you know, or uh, I mean, saw the Swedish film? Too. Yeah. Like it was, it was a, a cult film and then, you know, they decided to remake it and it was just like, ah, give it like 10 years or aren't they doing it don't? as a TV series too? I remember I think that. So, yeah. I yeah. God damn yeah. it. Robin, stop bringing up TV series. <laughs> it's everything. Just a thing. Everything is a TV series. Now it's the law. Uh, All right. I think, yeah, this I is think we've, we've run out of it. I think yeah. I was about to say we've beat up on me enough. No, no you need this. This is like therapy. Is you this just... what I need, Robin? 
You need well, a pummeling it, one. Brian, it, it's it's funny you didn't mention one superhero film that I know you really enjoyed, and that was Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, I fucking loved Into the Spider-Verse. But see, that... But again, different. that is... That, that doesn't is, count. It doesn't count. Yeah, that's, okay, it's an that's, animated film that, that just leans into it, also, right? I like, love uh, The Incredibles too, but it, I'm assuming that also doesn't count. No, no, that's, uh, that's totally a different book movie. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Yeah. Is I mean, like, that's a I've, satire of superhero films, but it's also a very earnest, like superhero film. Like the superhero action in that movie. Yeah, but it's just such a different. I mean, I go with the argument that animation is a medium, not a genre. So it's just I, such a different set of tools. So. I, it is. It is. Yeah. It's it's a different medium, but it's still in the narrative of a. Yeah. Film. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but but also like I think yeah if you want to know what I want out of a of a of a comic book movie or a superhero movie I think in the Spider Verse I think I even said on that episode like there is no comparison superheroes no. are better animated than they are live action because you inherently can buy into you can do more over the top this is why I personally think that Harry Potter should be developed as a as a um, an animated oh, TV be, series that would be winsome as fuck. It would be so fucking good. Hand winsome as fuck. Yeah, that would be- <laughs> they could do an actually good adaptation instead of like two-hour shitty movies or whatever. I am um, mm-hmm. my my daughter and I. Harry Potter, playing. winsome as fuck. Yeah, an mm-hmm. animated Harry Potter would be winsome as fuck. Says Brian J. Rowan of the Film Stage Show. I I, I um, think we should email Warner Brothers. I got some contacts. I'm I wrote a piece up. a couple of years ago about this, like right after those stupid Newt Scamander movies came out. Oh, those movies oh, are the geez, fucking they're, worst. They're still coming out, and they keep getting uh, progressively worse. I love that you didn't call them the Fantastic <laughs> movies. You called them the Newt Scamander movies. Like anyone God, I hate who that is. You want to well, talk about you know that hollow first one's garbage. not really. I hate those fucking movies. Yeah, those <laughs> movies are so bad. It's, You're not a it's fan the of fucking... the Sniffner or whatever the fuck. Oh, oh no, the, the, the Niffler is, is, is the best part of that film. Sure. Like, what are we whatever talking you about? Say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, realistically, it's 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 Queenie and and the guy, his guys. I don't even know his name, but I just oh, none of this means Queen. anything. <laughs> the Muggle, like whatever. Oh, yeah. Anyway, right. um, the Muggle the Baker. Muggle. Yes. Okay. I have so many thoughts on this, but anyway, we should get going. Uh, I was because... about to say my so I um like my daughter and I've been watching the uh, the cartoon saloon movies a lot recently. Mm-hmm. The, uh, cool. the Ir- their Irish uh, folk yeah. trilogy, and like yeah, amazing. I think, uh, they're they're incredible, and like I could see, and like you know, I I actually did recently rewatch some of Batman the animated series and um good Batman stuff. Beyond. And it is, it's like, it, they have that like panther like agility or jaguar. Yeah, like jaguar. Large cat. jaguar. Jaguar in the shadows. Jaguar. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we talked about it earlier. I'm not sure we were recording at the time, but Harley Quinn is like tops in terms of modern superhero animation. That's a totally. great show. So, like they can, but you can just get away with and do so much more, not just because of being able to be more playful with form, but just expectations like Marvel and DC have created such different expectations for live action versus animated. Yeah. Um, my hope is that like the success of spider verse bleeds out into other shit a little bit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the Disney plus shows have been allowed to be a little weird. My hope is that moon Knight is weird as fuck. That's what I want, but I, I don't know so. if that's going to be the case, but that given who made it and who's in it, 
I have my fingers crossed. I have a uh, that it's going to be interesting. Uh, supposed to be part of the production of that, and he didn't get to be. I'm very sad. I really like Benson and Moorhead's movies, the guys who made Moon Knight. So I'm curious to see what they do there. So there's reason for hope, and we'll move past the Batman, and we'll get to another Batman movie in four years. <laughs> I was about to say we will heal the nation, and then. <laughs> And the bat will come out in 2026 and then the man in 2030. Wow. Okay. I did not realize Benson and Moorhead were behind it. Yeah. I know yeah. these guys from uh, fantastic fast. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Benson, what have they done? Spring, the endless. Um, what's the other? Oh, synchronic. You should definitely see spring and the endless. They're both on Netflix. They're both excellent. I, yeah. People were talking about, the endless i remember okay yeah yeah they like take genre concepts and make them really like personal and interesting and strange and um i hope they bring some of that weirdness to midnight all right well on that note we should yeah. get going yeah reason for hope all right there is yeah, re- always, yeah. thanks for having me as i appreciate it taught us you know there's always reason to hope you can become a soul yes. that you didn't even know you were That's no right. as batman taught us you better hope that you're the rich orphan and not the poor orphan as Batman That's taught us, the ending of Godzilla of 2014 can easily be repurposed into the ending of a Batman movie. <laughs> this podcast has been almost as long as the Batman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is two-thirds of the Batman. We are Didn't not beat the running time. We got to keep going. No, I seriously have to eat some dinner. <laughs> right. Thanks for having me, everybody. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, um, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Robin, what are we talking about next week? Turning red. Yay. Exciting. Yeah. Um, Brian, would you like to tell people where they can find your work online? Mostly RogerEbert.com. Um, I do a lot of stuff over at Vulture, mostly TV stuff over there and TV stuff at the playlist too. But the film stuff is primarily at RogerEbert.com. Well, as you said, everything is turning into TV. So it's all the same thing now. The lines are blurry. Podcasts. Uh, TV shows, it's all the same. TV shows, books are TV now. Who needs to read? Books or movies. Yeah, what's a book? I don't even know. All right, I'm gonna all go right. play Elden Ring. Talk to y'all later. Have fun. <laughs> Bye. Remember the jump roll, jump roll. Oh, don't give me, don't get me started on that game. All right, talk to you later. Bye. As for us, next week we will in fact be talking about Turning Red. And um, yeah, uh, don't forget that we are brought to you by Mubi, M-U-B-I dot com slash filmstage for your free 30-day trial. And uh, yeah, let's tell the fine people at home where you can be found between now and the next time that we shout in their ears for two hours. Let's start with Bill Graham. Uh, you can find me on the Slack channel, mixing it up all the time. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Billstagram and on Twitter at CableBFG. But I uh, I still haven't logged back on to Twitter on my phone. So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't fucking tweet much lately. And every time uh, I had an issue where it logged me out. And then I logged back in and the next day I would log in and it would be logged out again. And I was just like, well, I don't use you enough to fuck with you like this. So I I guess I'm just going to stay logged out. I got signed out of one of my credit card apps and I was like, well, I guess I'm not paying this this month because there is literally no way I'm going to remember what my password was. Oh no, I have a password saver, so What's I'm I'm all good there. That, like on my phone, it's like, yeah, you can use your face ID, and then I'll do my face ID, and it's like, mm, can you do your password again just in case? And I'm like, no, because I've been using the face ID for too long, and I don't remember what my password is. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yep. that's 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 my struggle that I'm going to have to deal with. All right, 
Robin Barr, what about yourself? You can find me on Twitter at R-O-B-Y-N-B-A-H-R. Uh, same username at Letterboxd. And uh, you can sometimes find my writing at The Hollywood Reporter. Killer. All right. As for me, uh, you can find my personal site at BrianJRowan.com. Uh, on all of the social medias at Brian J. Rowan. Uh, that includes Instagram and Letterboxd, where I am most active. And, uh, of course, uh, you can find out about the whiskeys that I'm making at SchmidtSpirits.com uh, and InkwellWhiskey.com. Uh, and what else? You can listen to every episode of this podcast, as well as read stuff that I've written over at TheFilmStage.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and tune in next time. <laughs>